Thanks to Headspace for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With nearly 60 million downloads, the Headspace app is the most science-backed mindfulness app in the world, proving that mindfulness really works. A study shows that just two weeks of Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. However you're feeling, try Headspace at headspace.com slash applebits and get one month free off their entire mindfulness library. And thanks to Coinbase for supporting the podcast as well. Cryptocurrency, it might feel like a secret or exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash applebits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Applebits XL. Branton here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 210, 210. We keep on going strong. Thanks to all of y'all. Thanks so much for coming out. Now, we do want to let you know there are plenty of ways for you to be a part of the show. If you want to call in because it's getting a little spicy Inside this Apple world, all you got to do is record a voice memo, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com, record it on your phone, your Mac, your PC, your Android, your tablet, whatever you want, send it in and leave your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, and we'll put them in the show. I'm collecting a few more so we can put it in the next show because uh, you know we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content, how you support the show. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee, $10, $25, or the $100 Platinum Apple level. What do you get? Early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of this podcast. And it supports not only this podcast, but everything I do. You all have allowed me to do this. So Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support. And I thank you so much for all of that. Okay, so... This week has been a ridiculously busy week. It is review week. Apple dropped the new iPhone SE third generation, the new iPad Air fifth generation, and the new Mac Studio. Now, I got to tell you right up front, Apple did not provide me with an early review unit of the Mac Studio yet. Uh, Potentially, I might be in the second round. So, you know, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't, and that's all right. But there's still things that have come out from it. And to be honest with you all, I don't watch anyone's reviews until I do my own. But do I see the headlines? Of course. So I don't want to completely ignore the Mac Studio because it is kind of the big new, it is the newest Mac that we've seen from Apple that brings the most power we've ever seen in a Mac. So therefore, it is arguably the most innovative Mac available today. And we saw Studio Displays, and Mac Studios, they're starting to arrive to customers in Australia and New Zealand. But also, look, overall reviews are saying that this thing is everything you expect it to be as a beast if you combine two M1 Ultras together. This is the best performing Mac. It's faster based on some tests than a $13,000 Mac Pro, which isn't even the highest configuration. That goes up to somewhere around like $50,000. Um, Another headline that's out there is that Apple had made claims that it was faster, the GPU performance was faster than the top of the line RTX 3090 from NVIDIA. Um, Based on tests that were run, Apple only 
it appears that Apple only showed us a test of that it was a better performing GPU uh, when running using 200 watts of power versus the fact that the actual RTX 390 can consume a whole lot more power and therefore perform a lot better. But again, Apple is going to show you numbers that do work in their favor. So sure, technically it was accurate, but based on other people's tests, it out the RTX 3090 outperforms the GPUs of the Mac Studio with the M1 Ultra. I think the PC community is like, yeah, duh. But they're also probably like breathing a sigh of relief because, hey, you never know until you do that. So overall, very positive reviews about the Mac Studio. Super quiet. And I'm really curious because I have some people lined up um, when I get it that are working professionals. And we're going to throw some different tasks at it from different angles, including, of course, my own video rendering. But I do also understand that for most people that listen to my content, they're curious about the Mac Studio, but most of them aren't in the market for a Mac Studio. Maybe the M1 Max version for sure. And uh, that machine is going to scream because I have an M1 Max MacBook Pro. It is my workhorse and it is the most incredible machine that I have used to date it by far. It is the best Apple computer that I have ever used from a standpoint of its great screen, its portability, its performance, its battery life, and how quiet it is. I You just... You just can't top that killer combination. So my own personal Mac Studio review will be coming up. Um, some people, I, some people have the reviews out. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Uh, how should I put this? I don't want to throw stones, but I, I feel like it's hard to do a proper Mac Studio review if you're reviewing the iPhone, the iPad Air, the new green iPhone 13s, and a Mac Studio all within the span of a week. I feel like reviewers that pretty much just got the Mac Studio and had at least a week to work with it, those are the reviews or the type of reviews that I would rather watch right now just because, you know, they got to spend a lot of intimate time other than maybe just run a single video um, export test or something like that. And again, I have literally not seen a single one. I just think that that, that's the type of machine where you got to massage it and you got to take a little time with it. Now, I think the big headlines coming out from the Studio Pros is not necessarily the actual Mac Studio, but it's the Studio Display. Now, what we've heard are, quite honestly, you know, maybe this was, the writing was already on the wall, but at $1599, I mean, I think I've talked about this, it is really hard based on the pure specs, other than if you're in the Apple ecosystem, and you want a display to match your Apple computer, which there are people that do that, that's great. That That's the audience that this display really speaks to, the true, hardcore Apple, let's be honest, fanboy, fangirl, enthusiast, and the fact that, oh, it's a new pro display. Or sorry, it's a new studio display. It's not a pro display. It is, let's be clear, the name of it is the studio display. Well, the first issue that came up is multiple reviewers said how the actual Apple camera performance that is built into the display is not very good, looked fuzzy, looked washed out, washed out, and they brought that to Apple's attention, and Apple said, we're going to release a software update in the future to fix that issue. So right out of the gates, the studio display built-in camera, it's not optimized right now. 
The other thing is also when you are talking about spending $15.99 for display, and there's people that will do it on the aesthetics, performance-wise, you're hoping to get a little bit more, right? It's still a 60 hertz refresh rate, and for content creation, that's okay, but when you look at the market now and people are like, 144 uh, hertz refresh rate or higher, and this is not going to be a gaming display, but even for $15.99, I mean, the fact is that the way that you can only tilt it up and down like 30 degrees, it's not even a display that has adjustable height on it. You have to pay an additional $300 to get that display to even be able to slide up and down for height. So you're really talking about out of the gates, roughly a $1,900 display that doesn't have HDR. It's not mini LED, so it's an LCD backlit display. It doesn't have the nano texture on. I mean, that's another option. It has 60 hertz refresh rate. I'm just saying, if you do any research, and sometimes I'm, I'm going to be honest, not all Apple customers do or care what else is out there on the market, but if you just look at what's out there for 15, no, let's say 18.99, if you want a display that has the ability to adjust height and has the same specs of what Apple is throwing out there, you're going to find a whole lot better displays for a whole lot cheaper other than the Apple design. Um, yes, there's an A13 in it. Yes, there's a, a camera in it. Yes, there's speakers in it. But that still is hard for me when the main role of a display is to be a display and it's it doesn't have certain level quality benchmarks that you expect. I think it's a really hard sell for most people for $15.99. So people had basically complained about the fact of that the camera wasn't that great and the display specs aren't on par with what the industry has, especially at $15.99. Now, when the new studio display was recently announced, right after that, Apple removed the LG Ultrafine 5K display from their store. Now, design-wise, it doesn't come close to what the Apple display is, but it still is a 5K display. It still supports the uh, P3 wide color gamut. It has built-in speakers. It has a built-in camera. It has a single Thunderbolt port that is capable of charging your MacBook. It has three USB-C ports. Uh, it's $12.99 versus the Studio Display's $15.99, and it also has height adjustment. Um, so, you know, you just look at that. Apple is bringing that display back to the Apple Store as an alternative to the Studio Display. I mean, you got to even check out um, Huawei's... I think it's like their Mate View display that is like aluminum body that actually matches uh, the MacBook Pros even better. So, you know, we just got to look out for y'all. But the studio display is, I would say, a very lukewarm reception other, to, other than to someone who's not really considering what's on the market. But again, I get it. You, you want to match your computer with your Mac. And there is a warm, fuzzy feeling about being part of the ecosystem. There have also been reports that a potential mini LED, which will get deeper blacks, better contrasts, brighter brights, a potential 27-inch uh, Pro version of this studio display could potentially be coming out later this year as well. May or may not, but that is up in the air. Okay, the other two products that came out this week, at least new products, iPad Air 5th generation. I did a review on my uh, YouTube channel, so you all can check it out there if you haven't already. 
it is still the best pound for pound, bang for buck iPad out on the market. It is the first iPod iPad. Did I say iPod before? Forgive me if I did. It's if anyone's ever thinking about a tablet, it's the first tablet you should look at. It'll most likely be the only tablet you have to look at. Apple added the new M1 chip, they added a new 5G antenna, and they added the ultra-wide camera for center stage that follows you around uh, when you're doing video calls. This tablet, there is no there is no flaw to me in this tablet. It's 10.9 inches, the perfect size. ProMotion, mini LED doesn't exist on this, but for 90, 99 out of 100 people maybe even, that won't matter. It's a great experience. The colors look good. It, it is the ultimate, like, mid-level consumer iPad that can do, that has the power of an iPad Pro, which has never been untapped in any way, shape, or form. So the longevity of this tablet, specifically as of today, I'm, I'm saying five years minimum. I'm not even saying three years. I'm saying five years. And if you're just consuming content, surfing the web, doing emails, playing with photos, this is the perfect iPad for you. And if you want to do more, it supports the second gen Apple Pencil. It supports the Magic Keyboard. It can do everything, support all the apps that the pros do. I talked to uh, one of my friends who's been a guest on the show's names, Rob Generate, and he does these amazing uh, sketches and drawings. And he said, even pro artists don't need the iPad Pro. He just flat out said it. So he said, there's a lot of crap that gets made on the Pro, and there's a lot of great stuff that gets made on the Air. It's about the artist. So, you know, I completely agree. I do think it's a little overkill. The only reason you go to the pros is if you want the bigger screen, you want the mini LED, and you want the ProMotion. But if you don't, stick with the iPad Air. Starts at $599. Apple does this thing where they only offer 64 gigs of storage. It goes up to 256 as the other option, which bumps the price up to $749. Well, guess what? You spend $50 more, you get to $799. That is the entry-level 11-inch iPad Pro. So they get you there, but I thought the iPad Air Fit Generation, this is a great product for everyone who wants to have a tablet or get a tablet. And if you need a little more, you get a little more, but most people won't. So that was kind of like, it's it's such a good product. I, I called it nearly perfect from the fourth generation, and they just made it as good as it can get in this fifth generation. There's nothing that someone would say, I really need this in this iPad. It's just not there. We also had the iPhone SE third generation. Not too much to talk about here other than the fact that they put a freaking A15 Bionic processor in here. So you get the speed, you get the brains. I think the thing that stuck out the most to me, the battery life is sensational. You'll never have an iPhone SE or an iPhone mini for that matter that gets even roughly close to the battery life this got. I I would always bring in, using it normally, I got around 11 to 13 hours for multiple days. Um, That's messaging, surfing the web, looking at YouTube videos, looking at Twitter and Instagram, taking some photos and videos. It was really impressive. So that was a big point. And then also the photos it took. Sure, it only has a 12 megapixel uh, wide camera. So where you look at something like the pro phones that have an ultra wide and then, um, you know, the telephoto lens, though those, this one doesn't have it. It also does not have a night mode shot, which maybe you kind of wish it did, but everything else, the photos are pretty much neck and neck and right on par with what you get with an iPhone 13 pro. Check out my video. I do the picture comparisons. I went deep on it because I really think that 
it's a great phone for what it is. A lot of people that are complaining about it, oh, this is a crappy phone, who wants this? You're not the market for it. There is a huge market that is still primed for the iPhone 13, uh, the iPhone SE. Now, one kind of interesting thing about it, Bloomberg reported specifically that I, Apple is now streamlining its purchasing process specifically with the launch of this iPhone SE. So they have this new buying method that allows customers who are looking to purchase it through T-Mobile and AT&T to do it without putting in your current carrier information. Now, you know, during that process, it's kind of an extra step that you got to do. And sometimes people's orders or pre-orders during the madness get hung up during that point in time. Well, now the AT&T and T-Mobile customers that do this, you don't need to provide your carrier information to check out. And you can instead connect it to your carrier when turning on the iPhone SE for the first time. Now, I've always never done the activation online. I just buy like the unlocked version personally. Um, But this is called on-device authentication. And it's just going to make your checkout process faster. It should be rolling out eventually to Verizon customers. But right now, it's on AT&T and T-Mobile customers in the US. The other iPhone SE story, if you're like, ah, who cares about the SE um, I don't know. I think a lot of people care because according to Digitimes, the new iPhone SE is expected to reach 30 million units for shipments in 2022. Now, this isn't a unit sold, but it is still a, a large indication of how many units will eventually sell, how much the demand is for an SE. It's still a really significant part of the piece of the puzzle Apple's iPhone sales and storing it, it, this thing is here to stay. Like for everyone that's hating on the iPhone SE, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like you should be happy with the pro or the, the 13 or the 13 pro you have. There's no need to hate on the iPhone SE. Like I have a 13 pro. I think the SE makes sense for so many people that aren't me. Probably more people that are, uh, yeah, the world, the global landscape. Think about that. And it starts at 429. All right, let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of this show, Headspace. You ever feel like your mind doesn't have an off switch or that tension is constantly traveling through your body? Or do you feel tired no matter how much you sleep? That's just a few of the many ways that stress, anxiety, and sleeplessness can harm your mind and body. This year, why not make small changes to your daily routine that have a big influence on your mental health and well-being? Start your year with Headspace. Now, we all say fine. You know, they all say we're fine when we don't mean it. Well, guess what? Fine that's not really an emotion. How many times have you told yourself you're fine when all you've really felt is like anger or sadness or nerves? Headspace is scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. In fact, a recent study proved in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. Whether you want to relieve stress and anxiety, sleep better, improve your focus, Headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for real life. Now, I like how simple, clean, and colorful this app is. It's not too busy, and I have been using it for about a year. I've tried a bunch of the different meditations, but my favorite go-to ones are feeling overwhelmed, because yeah, I can feel overwhelmed, and the quick SOS mini meditation, it's called Burned Out, and I do need that because the tech season it can get really tough especially like the past week where you're just going non-stop so 
I committed this year to more balanced work and lifestyle in 2022, and I think that you can change your life too. So I teamed up with Headspace so you can experience it for yourself. However you're feeling, try Headspace at headspace.com slash AppleBits and get one month free of their entire mindfulness library. This is the best Headspace offer available. So go to headspace.com slash AppleBits today, headspace.com slash AppleBits. And thanks also to Coinbase for sponsoring the podcast. Do you identify as crypto curious? And if you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency, maybe you felt a little bit overwhelmed. Well, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Now, millions of people in over 100 countries Trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, maybe you're just getting started or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. Now, for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash AppleBits. Sign up at coinbase.com slash AppleBits for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash AppleBits. All right, so we have the products that were announced and released this week. Um, all of them are shipping as of today. I think for a lot of them, especially the Mac Studio, if you try and do any type of configurations, it's somewhere around like an eight to ten weeks. So just a uh, just buckle up if you're doing that. But let's talk about products that are coming this year, later this year. You know, you always get a little sum sum when you talk about the iPhone. So the first alleged. CAD renders of the iPhone 14 are now showing off what we've heard and seen and are really starting to expect the pill-shaped and circular cutouts that are replacing the notch at the top. So no more notch, but you'll basically kind of get like uh, two holes that when you look at it carefully, look like the letter I in iPhone. Like it'll be like the I iPhone. I I. Apple is expected to remove the notch. So at least you just kind of that space where the sensors are, you see them. Um, these CAD images, again, shown off by 91 Mobiles, who's been able to leak a lot of these CADs very early and then showcase some of the 3D renders. I think what's interesting is that, sure, there will be no notch. You'll still see the holes for the Face ID dot projector. You'll still see the cutout um, for the front camera and the Face ID infrared camera. But also the speaker grill is going to remain right at that top edge of the bezel, like we've seen with the 13 Pro. So kind of up top there. But also... The biggest thing that everyone thought is that rumors had reported, oh, the iPhone would get a little thicker and that camera bump would go away. But based on the leaked renders, the camera bump is completely there, just like it is in the iPhone 13 Pro. These may not be final, but, you, you know, the, the rumor mills, they're, they're getting pretty darn good. So at least based on these designs as of today, sure, this potentially shows the notch is gone get the the pinhole and the elongated hole or sorry the elongated holes the pill hole and then the circle hole which makes like an eye at the top but the camera bump looks to remain the same now we also have the iphone 14 cad designs the regular iphone 14 not the pro and they look exactly like the 13s so the camera on the rear, you still get the bumps, you still get two cameras. The notch will reportedly 
still exist on these new iPhone 14s. Everything else, you know, looks to stay the same. We know we've heard the reports of these new iPhone 14s will only come in two sizes, a 6.1-inch 14, a 6.1-inch 14 Pro, and a 6.7-inch 14, and a 6.7-inch 14 Pro. The other thing that we recently heard is that according to some reports that the iPhone 14 lineup might still keep the A15 Bionic and only the iPhone 14 Pro lineup will get the new A16 Bionic chip. We will see how that plays out. That is what the latest report is. From a power standpoint, uh, what the phone is capable of doing, I really believe we're at the point where there's so much overhead here that you and I will not feel it based on how we use our phones. Uh, potentially, maybe the A16 Bionic is using um, a different, a smaller nanometer process, which helps to make the phone more energy efficient and bring more battery life. That remains to be seen. That might be the advantage. And also, that might be how they differentiate the pro lines. It would be the first time, though, that they've split up the processor's Man, in a long, long time. I can't even remember when when they might have done that last where they had two different processors or two different chips in their iPhone lineup. Of course, the SE will always be a different chip, but at least from a 13 to 13 Pro, off the top of my head, I feel like it happened once, but I, I just can't remember when. So something to look forward to. Maybe it's like, oh, I, I got a 13. I If they're not even changing the processor I, and the design is the same, I don't need to get a 14. I think that's there's a really strong chance that that might be how it plays out. There's still plenty of other products coming in the pipeline from Apple, right? We're always looking about, oh, what, what's going on with the new iPad Pros, MacBook Pros? Well, Ming-Chi Kuo, who's a solid reputation with all his leaks and all his information that he's reported, is reporting now that many LED versions of the 11-inch iPad Pro and Studio Display are unlikely this year. So that would mean that Apple would, maybe because of cost reasons, they would not be putting out any new products that bring mini LED into the fold. Now, I might have said, I might have, I might have to correct myself. I think, I, you know what? I think I might have said there was a mini LED in the 11-inch iPad Pro earlier in the podcast. Obviously, I was wrong. That's, that's not the case. Only the 12.9-inch has the mini LED and the ProMotion. So existing products right now, 12.9-inch iPad Pro has mini LED, which may be updated in 2022, but it's not going to see anything like OLED. That, that's still potentially down the line. Um, the other mini LED product is the MacBook Pros, but that's all. So according to the report, we will not see any new screen tech in any new products this year. Now, there's been a report that display analyst Ross Young continues to really claim that we are expecting to still see a 27-inch mini LED display sometime around June that could be some sort of a pro display. There's no specific name around it. Ming-Chi Kuo says no. Ross Young says yes. They both have a pretty solid reputation. Um, some people are hoping like, oh, please be the new iMac Pro that appears Apple may have temporarily killed off or put on a hiatus with this new Mac Studio. like. The future of the iMac Pro is still up in the air. Maybe it does come back next year um, and Apple's just working on other things, but I 
based on what we're reading, I don't see an iMac Pro coming out in 2022. I'm sorry to break it to you. For all of you that have been hoping for it, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, Apple had discontinued support for the 2017 iMac Pro a while back. They took it off the site. Maybe the fact that John Turnis, um, the senior VP of hardware engineering, said, oh, the only computer left in our transition is the Mac Pro. But I I hope it's not dead. I think there's got to be somewhere in between this, the spot of where the current um, M1 iMac is price-wise. I believe someone's going to correct me. Is it $12.99 or $14.99? It's somewhere in that point versus a Mac Studio, which at the base level starts at $2,000 and the display starts at $15.99. There's got to be something in between there around that $2,000, $2,500 price point. And that's where an iMac Pro makes sense. I think that Tim Cook, he always releases things at different levels, but it doesn't mean that we'll see an iMac Pro this year. So we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. I think it's very interesting, but I think a lot of hearts will be broken if it doesn't happen. Apple also rolled out this week all the software updates galore. macOS Monterey 12.3 with universal control where you can slide your mouse across iPads and Macs seamlessly. It is crazy how good that works. I think it is the most uh, it's the most revolutionary software feature we've seen from Apple in a long time. It works. It's clean. It's smooth. You don't have to think about it. It is such like it checks off all the boxes when you talk about an Apple feature. The funny thing about it is I could totally see how this is super helpful, maybe dragging pictures and assets from a, a tablet that you're using as a screen and bring it over to your main screen. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how often I'm going to use it. I think a lot of people will in different ways. I love that it's there. I love how seamless it works, but I don't know how much I'm going to use it yet. So that remains to be seen. But I think universal control is absolutely stellar. And people that were worried about Sidecar, which was kind of another which is an extended display that you could use to add on to your Mac. People were really like, what's going to happen with Sidecar? Well, what we found in the software is that universal control, you can dedicate or allocate if an iPad or second screen is going to be used as a Sidecar display or a universal control display where it's its own individual computer that you can interact with and pull assets off of versus being an, acting like an extended display for your, uh, from your main Mac. So that's going to be cool too. Also, iOS 15.4, iPadOS 15.4, they all got updates. So that includes uh, face ID detection when you're wearing a mask. It includes the ability to use your phones for tap to pay directly. So you don't have to use any third-party add-ons like the Square. You also have the ability to use and support more state IDs on the iPhone. Also, have the ability where they're improving some of the security issues with AirPods and tracking. Well, now if you take iOS 15.4 and watchOS 8.5, you will be able to use your Apple Watch to help recover and restore from your phone. That used to not be the case. It does it over Wi-Fi. The two devices talk to each other. Um, This allows customers and technicians to restore watchOS on some Apple Watch models without having the device being mailed into a repair center. It's kind of a big deal if you've had this issue. So 
that's there. I also forgot to mention um, the addition of new emojis. You know those are coming in uh, iOS 15.4 and iPadOS 15.4. They are here now. And then the last story here, it's kind of a, oh man, are you serious this is happening? Remember how for, has it been like two years now? We've talked about how Apple was planning to join Google and Amazon and all these other smart home products to be a part of this new consortium, to be a new connection standard so that all these smart home products could finally talk to each other because Apple is like still in the hundreds and everyone else is in the 30,000 to 50,000 supported smart home products. Well, this new alliance that they formed, the Connectivity Standards Alliance, so it includes Apple, Samsung, Google, Amazon, and others. They launched that. We've heard of this new name for this platform or this alliance called Matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, the new smart home standard. It has been delayed rollout until the fall of 2022. So this is, again, the ability to try and unify all these devices and simplify how they talk to each other. It was first hopeful that they were going to release this uh, standard in late 2020. Then, if you recall, I think I even talked about on this podcast, this Matter platform and the alliance from all these companies was then delayed to the second half of 2021. Then it was delayed to summer of 2022. And now it's been delayed to 2022. And you know what? If it's not ready to go, it's not ready to go. But we've been kind of teased about this for two years. So that can kind of be annoying. The reports say that this delay is needed so that they can finalize the software development kit that device manufacturers are going to use to incorporate them into their products so that they all can share and be a part of this matter ecosystem. And if you look at the timelines, you know, let's say companies, some of them still have to actually enroll in this. They might have to wait till like the end of 2022 or even 2023 to begin testing them. Um, so Look, there's a lot of companies out there. I already talked about it. Amazon, Apple, um, ASA, Abloy, Comcast, Eve Systems, Huawei, Infineon Technologies, Nanoleaf, Legrand. There's so many that are part of this, but um, we are still waiting patiently. Um, I'm sure once it comes together, it'll be really nice. But I'll be honest with you. I don't know about you all, but in my smart home uh, setup, I literally use uh, HomeKit. Well, I just have that because I like the speaker for the HomePod. But I have Amazon and Google Nest platform doing different things for my smart home because that's just how kind of scattered it is, quite honestly. And different platforms do different things better than others. So looking forward for Matter to actually matter for us and just figure out their ish. You know what I mean? Like we, we just need them. We need them to get this all figured out. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for hanging out. We got to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your support. Thank you to all of you for your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can help out, support all my content starting at $2 per month. Uh, you have kept me going and you are all so amazing. So I can only say thank you, but that's going to do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Plenty of more things to talk about, but we have just finally gotten into product season for Apple, the Apple Tizer. Things are heating up, and it's only going to get crazier once we hit June 
and then we're going to keep on rolling. Then we're going to get September and October, and then uh, I'm going to pass out. But always fun times. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Take care and be safe. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. <laughs>